Talks, brought to you by South African author, theologian and church leader, Dr. Christopher Pepler. Hello, it's me again. Today I want to talk about the Jesus Deficit Disorder, the evidence. I've written and spoken about the Jesus Deficit Disorder many times in the past, but right now I want to deal with the evidence for this. Ever since I've known Len Sweet, he has boldly declared that the church is suffering from a Jesus deficit disorder. For those of you who don't know him, Dr. Len Sweet, Professor Len Sweet, has written in excess of 60 books, I think it's about 64 and counting. He travels the world. He is a professor at two esteemed theological and university institutions and a man who is a passionate advocate for the centrality, lordship of Jesus Christ. I met up with Lynn a couple of weeks ago at a conference, and I was privileged to have 15 minutes with him privately. And I asked him, Lynn, is this still the case? As you travel the world, as you go from church to church and conference to conference and university to university, do you still believe that the church across the globe is suffering from the Jesus deficit disorder, he said, Chris, it's even worse. It's even worse now than it was two decades ago. So now, question, is his view correct? Well, those of you who know me and have read my posts and books, you'll know that I agree with Len 100% that the church has lost its focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. But up to recently, there's been no real hard evidence for this. There's been anecdotal evidence, the evidence of men like Len and other church leaders around the globe who have made this observation, but no empirical way to really demonstrate the validity of this. But recently, a report was published, and you can find it on the internet, of a survey done by Ligonier Ministries, It's called the State of Theology. If you just Google under the State of Theology survey, you'd find it. It's focused on the United States of America, and it's part of the teaching ministry of a Dr. R.C. Sproul. Uh, Many of you will know that name because he's a very, very well-known Calvinist theologian. Now, a disclaimer here. Some of the statements in the survey of some 3,000 Christians that were polled are quite distinctly from a Calvinist perspective, but most of them aren't. And so there's no reason to think that the results that come from the questions and the statements don't give a good general impression of the thinking of all evangelical Christians and not just Reformed Christians. So here are some of the statements and the responses that the 3,000 Christians made to this as they relate to the Lord Jesus Christ. Fascinating, disturbing, and validating. The first statement that I've picked up is this. Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. Now just listen again and think about the way that's phrased. The statement is, Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. 67% of those responding either agreed or weren't sure, couldn't deny it. So two-thirds of evangelical Christians, judging by the 3,000 polled, 
in the United States of America believe that Jesus was and is a created being like some sort of super angel. <laughs> Yet the great historic creeds of our Christian past teach exactly the opposite. Take, for instance, the Nicene Creed. This is what it states concerning this. It states, We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made. Now, of course, we don't base our Christianity on creeds, because those creeds were actually formulated out of the biblical evidence, and they were written down to combat heresies at different times in church history. And they were drawn from statements such as, and I'll quote you just one, Hebrews 1 verses 2 to 4 says this, In these last days, he, that is God, has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Now, there are several other scriptures I could quote, but I'm sure the point is made. Here's the thing, guys. The majority, 67%, two-thirds of American Christians believe that Jesus is less than God, despite the biblical evidence to the contrary. So the responses to the next statement shouldn't surprise you too much because it confirms what I've just pointed out to you. The next statement reads, Jesus is truly God and has a divine nature, and Jesus is truly man and has a human nature. The divinity and humanity of Jesus is in view here. 37% disagreed or were unsure. So that means that over a third of the people polled either believe that Jesus does not have a divine nature or that he doesn't have a human nature. Yet Colossians 1.19, and by the way, several other scriptures, but in Colossians 1.19, Paul boldly asserts this. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, him being Christ Jesus. Now the very salvation that Jesus came to earth to procure for us depends on both his humanity and his divinity. If he was a less than God or less than human, he could not have died to save us, all of us, all of humanity, from our sin of rebellion. Okay, so it shouldn't be too much of a surprise when we go to the responses from the very next statement. Here it is. It reads, Jesus Christ's death on the cross is the only sacrifice that could remove the penalty of my sin. So it's quite clearly phrased. And Jesus Christ's death on the cross of Calvary is the only sacrifice that could and can remove the penalty of my sin. 
38% disagreed with this. Disagreed with this. It wasn't even that they weren't sure. There was a polarization in the responses to this question between those who believed and those who disbelieved. 38%, nearly 40% disagreed. Yet, yet John the Apostle wrote that Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And you'll find that in 1 John 2, verse 2. And of course, Paul wrote, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came from Jesus Christ. God presented Him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in His blood. Romans 3, 23-25. And so on to the fourth and last statement that I will pick up from the survey. It reads, Only those who trust in Jesus alone as their Saviour receive God's free gift of eternal salvation. Again, a very carefully and explicitly worded statement. I'll read it again. Only those who trust in Jesus Christ alone as their Saviour receive God's free gift of eternal salvation. And 44% disagreed. Oh my. Oh my. I don't think I need to comment further. So folks, has the American Evangelical Church lost its focus on Jesus? Is it suffering from a Jesus deficit disorder? Well, the evidence is in. And the evidence confirms this deadly malaise in the body of Christ. Oh, and by the way, don't be too quick to say, oh, this is just an American phenomenon. Because the anecdotal evidence is very strong and very uniform. And that around the world, this comes to the same conclusion. The church, internationally, has lost its focus on Jesus. Pray for the church. Pray that God will be merciful. Pray that there will come a great Jesus revival, an outpouring of the Spirit of God upon the worldwide church, where Jesus will once again be lifted up. For then, surely, as he said, he will draw all men to himself. Bye for now. If you'd like to hear other Truth Talks or find out more, please visit www.truthistheword.com.